0: Do you ever scroll through your Instagram feed and just wish you had the confidence to create better videos, more videos, or just videos at all? You're not alone. And my guest today is going to help you feel better about video on Instagram. So buckle up. You just might fall in love with all the different types of Instagram video before this episode is through. So hello there. I'm Dallas Travers. This is Coaches on a Mission, the place to be if you're a values-driven coach working toward a business you're truly proud of. My guest today is Natasha Samuel, who's a leading Instagram expert, especially when it comes to video. So Natasha walks us through the four different types of video on Instagram's platform, plus the strategic purpose behind each one. But before we dig too deep into strategy, Natasha offers up some real and tangible encouragement for every coach who worries that you don't have what it takes to put yourself out there on video on the app. So, if being more visible is on your to do list this year, Natasha is the perfect person to help you do that. Let's get into the episode. Natasha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am really excited to talk about all things Instagram video, and I can't think of a better expert to guide us through this conversation. So, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, before our listeners just turn this episode off and stop listening right away because I just said Instagram video. Let's <laughs> let's create a container for all of our listeners. So what advice or maybe encouragement do you have for coaches who are listening who worry that they don't have that thing, whatever that thing is, to put themselves out there on video? Definitely. I feel like there's
1: two sides of the coin here, mm-hmm. and they're both equally important. And I think everyone really struggles with both things. I think the first thing is the mindset around showing up, talking on video, physically being on video. I think that, like the mindset behind all of that brings up a ton of different things for different people. I feel like we think we need to look a certain way, sound a certain way, that we're too young, too old, too big, too small, whatever it is. I think it just heightens our insecurities and what we think we're not good enough at. And so I think we need to like identify those because we all have them. I know when I was starting out on video, I felt like I was too young and I felt like I didn't have anything new to offer to the Instagram space. There's so many great Instagram marketers. What do I have to offer? So identifying what that the root is um, Mm -hmm. and really debunking it because chances are there's something in it that's not necessarily true or not a good enough reason that you shouldn't be building your coaching business using video.
0: Let's talk about that for a second because I think often as humans, we assume we have to fix the thing that's broken about us before we can do the thing we want to do. So I, I'm i afraid, I have to name the fear, I have to do my inner work and overcome the fear so that then I can be fearless enough to go on video. But I think what I hear you saying here is... Sure, you might feel like you're too young or too old or whatever, but is that fear greater than your desire to have the freedom your business can give you and help the people you're meant to help and do all of those things? That's what I I hear you saying there is that it's okay to feel fearful but like create a cause that's bigger. Does that does that feel right to you?
1: Absolutely, because I think a lot of the things that we're maybe worried about are inherently what make us who we are. Like I know when I was starting on video, I felt like I had to be like more professional, whatever that even means. And I was like, I feel like I can't be bubbly. Like I definitely didn't think I could even like dance or just like be myself. Like I felt like I had to show up as like a very professional educator. When Mm -hmm. in reality, that's not how I talk to my clients. That's not how I talk to my team. That's not how I am in real life. And I realized I was making this like disconnection between who I really was at the core of myself and the core of my. Brand, which I feel like is not great as coaches, especially because that special thing. And maybe you feel like you're really shy. You're like, I am too shy. I don't have a fun personality. I don't have all these exciting things. Like, I'm just like working at home in my sweats all the time. Like, chances are your ideal client might actually be that exact same person. Mm -hmm. And by not leaning into that, you're not attracting those people that you would just vibe with really well anyway. So I think. Almost always those things that we're not confident in and the things we feel like we need to fix to then get on video are actually what I feel like make us us. And I always like to say there's something doing exactly what every single coach is doing. There's a million different people doing Instagram marketing and educating. But what makes me different is me. And I think that's the same with everyone listening is kind of leaning into those things versus thinking there's something that's negative for their brand.
0: Right. right. I know for me this year, I've gotten hooked on Reels. I love Reels. I love your reels. I like crack my own self up all the time making <laughs> reels. My husband is so confused. He's like, "This is your job now. What are you, what are we doing?" <laughs> For me, the thing that helped me was realizing that even if my fear was accurate, it would be okay because my fear would be I'm going to make a reel and no one's going to see it. And then I realized, wait, I could make a reel and no one's going to see it and therefore no one will know how dumb it is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was just such a permission slip to go for it. So I really hear what you're saying here around the mindset and calling it out and naming it and then just exploring right? Like, is there a desire that's bigger? Is the fear really true? And is it worth holding yourself back because of it? Definitely. Yeah. And the other side of this coin. Yeah. The other side of the
1: coin is actually just doing it and practice. And it's the most annoying tip. And I mean, I could just see everyone like rolling their eyes. They're (laughs) like, oh my gosh, what? But I really do think that practice is the best way because chances are, you're not used to just talking to your phone, knowing that there's other people on the other side of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of us aren't. This isn't a natural skill set that you just automatically are really good at. And even the people that are automatically really good at, there's like a learning curve to every single part of video, creating, actually talking, filming, whatever it is. So I think you have to really set that goal to create and do it and practice it because there's no way you're going to get better at stories, at lives, at reels, at whatever it is, if you don't practice. I often see a lot of my community, they get into this like spiral of like, well, I just like don't know what to say on lives. And I'm like, well, you have to like Start practicing doing live talking to ever get that skill set and understand how to stumble when you mess up your words or when you lose your train of thought, because those are things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just like with editing, the more technical side of things is yes, you'll never know how to edit a reel if you never create a reel. You can watch all the tutorials in the world, you can see how I watch, uh, how I add my reels. But until you actually play around with the tools you're going to be using, You just don't have the skill set, which is like with anything in business.
0: Yeah. And the extra layer here, everybody, is that this type of practice happens in public, right? Right, right. (laughs) Which is why that mindset piece you mentioned is so, so important. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So the first piece here, just overcoming that readiness or I'm not cool enough or old enough, that fear factor is really getting your mind in place and then being willing to get better at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so helpful. Can we distinguish for our listeners the different types of Instagram video? I'd love to hear strategically from you. Why would I choose to do an IG Live or post a video or shoot a reel or go on stories? Can we look at those one at a time and talk strategy? Absolutely. So the first one that I think we're all pretty familiar with is Stories.
1: So Stories is known for being expiring content, which means after 24 hours, they're gone, which I think is really great, especially if we're kind of just getting out there, getting our feet wet when it comes to video. So the thing about Stories is they don't have to be perfect. And you can quite literally open up your Instagram app and create them. So the learning curve is pretty small. And they really don't need to be perfectly curated, and they can kind of be those more candid moments. I like to call those either connection points. So what are something maybe you and your ideal client have in common? Mine, for example, is I show my morning matcha. Either I know my audience is either interested in matcha, they think it's interesting, or chances are they have their own morning beverage ritual, coffee, tea, whatever it is. So that's my connection point with my audience. It's something we have in common. And the other Thing is, those strategic behind the scenes. And I think not enough people, especially when we're providing a service, we're providing a transformation for our clients, consider that sometimes people just want to see what are you actually doing in your business? Like, are you hopping on calls? Are you creating a document for your clients? Are you hosting a group program? Like, what actually goes into doing those things and talking through them, showing them. Talking about what that transformation is that's happening right there, then and there. I think those are the types of things that lead to what makes stories so powerful, which is the direct messages. Because you can react or reply to a story, which leads to a message one on one with your community, which is the most valuable thing and can be a very valuable place to talk about your offers, just connect with them in general. Um, So stories are kind of that first surface that I think everyone needs to
0: be on first and foremost. I needed to hear that today, so we can stop now. Thank you, everyone, for tuning awesome. in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because I often forget the story I tell myself about stories is, my office is in the attic. I'm up here, like, all day. <laughs> it's not that interesting, but what I hear you saying is, for my audience, what's interesting is, what am I doing up in the attic? Right. And even if it is all day on client calls, which is what my Thursdays look like, that's insight into what my business looks like. And it's insight into how I serve people. So that, like permission to be boring, right? Or permission to bring the mundane and the connection point into stories is really helpful for me. Definitely. I think it humanizes the brand, which is where you build trust.
1: Like, oh, this person is actually hopping on client calls and they're actually recording podcast interviews. And like they're running this business, which proves that, yeah, if I work with them, they're actually doing this for real people. It's like kind of like a very easy way to add in social proof to your stories by just showing what you're doing in the day-to-day.
0: Yep. That's super smart. So strategically, what I hear you saying around stories is this builds trust, it builds social proof, and it also opens the door to one-on-one engagement, which is a really powerful tool for enrolling and presenting offers.
1: Absolutely. I can always tell when people in my community are like a part of my stories, or if they're just consuming the content on my feed, not one is better than the other. But Mm -hmm. on stories, you just get to know the person and the brand and engage with them in a just completely different way. So that's really what I love stories for. And then that kind of leads us into like the other types of content that can then eventually live on the feed. So first we kind of need to rethink the feed as of what what it used to be like a few years ago of like, okay, posting a static photo, graphic, carousel. And that was what the feed is. But the feed now includes all those other types of video content that aren't expiring. So we already mentioned Reels. We all know that Reels is short form video content, very similar to TikTok often is involving music, trending audios, which is how you can definitely increase your reach. Whenever I go into my analytics, reels by far are what continue to grow my account and get me in front of new people. Another way that you can use reels, of course, is just that they're short form looping video. We all know that attention spans are dwindling and short form video is something you can easily loop or rewatch over and over again and get a quick win, a quick insight, a little giggle, as you mentioned, maybe you're watching your own reel and you get a little giggle, but that's essentially what a reel is. Short form video content, typically trending, but it doesn't
0: always have to be. Hmm. Okay, great. So strategically, I think what I caught there, strategically, reels are for broader reach.
1: Yes. I mm-hmm. like to use reels for two things. I think they're known for reach. Absolutely. It's the best way to organically grow your account. But the other side of that is that it's short form video content, which I feel like is kind of the most digestible form of content. Right. Okay. So even for example, one of the most common reels I make is where I'm just talking on Instagram updates. So of course I could do a very long live on it. I could do a story. I could do a carousel, but instead I condense essentially what they need to know about an Instagram update. I'm talking about it and I'm just presenting it in under 60 seconds. And everyone can consume content under 60 seconds. And sometimes people just don't have the attention spans or the time, or there's just a lot of other distractions for longer pieces of content where they need to read a caption, watch a live. So I think it's also this like short form type of content that we've seen like blow up on TikTok. The reason why it's so great is because you can digest it, consume it and instantly have a new idea or have a takeaway or have like that piece of entertaining content.
0: Got it. So So the two layers with reels, one, Instagram is likely to push that piece of video out in front of a broader audience or more people than who just follow you. So there's the reach piece, but then there's also the, I think what I'm understanding here, Natasha, is in terms of the types of content, reels are the most likely for people to actually watch
1: Absolutely. Okay. Especially yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I think that it it depends on where people are consuming content. I mean, we know YouTube, long form content. I know mm-hmm. that LinkedIn, great for written content. Twitter's great for written content. So of course it de- kind of depends. But I think right now and this time, like honestly through 2022, I mean, it's really just the short form video content. So that's what I think it's really leveraging there.
0: Got it. Okay, great. And we are talking about Instagram video. So of all the Instagram video types, this is the one you think is the one that people will, it's just most easily digestible. I hear you. Yes.
1: Easily digestible. And of course, because it is shorter, you could argue it's also easier to create. So it's going to have a little Mm -hmm. bit less production time. And then that kind of leads us into lives, which I feel like are probably the more scary type of video content, but hopefully I can convince you that it's not. (laughs) So lives are exactly how they sound. They're live streaming content, unedited. And what I love about lives is they are the most engaging type of content because instead of posting something and waiting for the engagement after the fact, you are getting comments, likes, people joining you live. You are getting that interaction in the moment, which is really great for building community. It's also really great for collaborating. You can do interviews, panels, have conversations. I've even had clients on when I'm doing launches to talk about their experience and my programs and my offers. So I think it's really great for conversation, not only with your audience, but also with other people if you want to collaborate with them.
0: Right. What do you say to someone who (laughs) heard you say you can go live and get comments in real time and they're thinking no one has ever joined me real time (laughs) going live? Am I doing (laughs) it wrong? Or like, what's the, what do you say to someone who says, but what if no one watches it live? Absolutely. So Mm -hmm.
1: it's always with the quality of your viewers, not the quantity. And I always Mm -hmm. tell people, don't even look at the little number of how many people are on because partially, as we already mentioned, sometimes people cannot spend 20 minutes on a piece of content. That's just Mm -hmm. like life. You know what I mean? But the other side of that, I think, is we definitely want to be promoting our lives. And I think not enough people do that and intentionally do lives in their strategy. We don't just want to like go live when we're feeling like it, feel like we want to just chat with people. We want to make sure it's an intentional part of our strategy. And actually one of the newest features um, really makes that a lot easier. So you can now schedule lives and there's also a practice mode for lives. So you can like practice the interface, test it out, and really get used to it so you can fully leverage it. But put a time, date, to a live, schedule it, share it on your feed. They can have a little reminder button and share it on your stories and have a little reminder button. So I think that by at least letting people know 24, 48 hours before you're going live, what the topic is, what you're going to be talking about, who you're going live with, if they have any questions for them to ask them, that little bit of prep is going to ensure that people actually know when they see you going live that there's going to be
0: some really great value there. Right. Right. That's super smart.
1: And I think with coaches that lives are actually one of the best strategic pieces of content because you can quite literally coach people live. I mean, what better way to convert your ideal clients than by showing them this is how I'm going to walk through something. And that's even a series you could do. You could say, hey, you're a part of my community. Do you want to do five minutes of coaching on a live? All you need to do press this little button on my stories and we'll go live together. Like what a great way to connect with your community, but also to exactly show what you're doing with your services. So I really love lives for that reason. And not only are they live and all that great interacting things, but they can now be shared to the feed on Instagram video, which
0: is formerly IGTV, which we'll kind of dive into next. Great. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust. Or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you wanna build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at SixFigureCoachQuiz.com. So for those of you listening, you know that when I don't have guest experts on this show, what you hear every episode is me coaching someone. That's the format of this show. So Natasha, this suggestion is brilliant for our listeners because everybody, if you don't feel like putting a podcast out there in the world, you could use this same format on Instagram and there's hardly any prep, right? And you get to do what you're best at, which is coaching. It's brilliant. Such a good idea. I'm stealing it. Thank you.
1: Yay. I love it. Cool. Okay. (laughs) So now Instagram video, which is kind of the newest part of Instagram, kind of confusing. So everyone maybe is familiar with IGTV. And so Instagram basically retired IGTV and created Instagram video. So Instagram video is essentially videos that are just shared to the feed and long form pieces of video content that used to be IGTV content. So essentially anything that's not a real anything that's not a story, anything that's not a live that's actually being streamed is Instagram video. Hopefully that'll kind of clear things up. And that's essentially what their goal was, is if you're not doing any of those things, you're creating Instagram video. Um, So this is where your longer form pieces of content are going to go. You can organize things into series and you also can add your lives as replays. So I think this is a great way to get two-in-one pieces of content because some people will join you live, but some people can't and they want to access the replay. So that's kind of what it's great for. But I've seen a lot of people really leverage Instagram video for kind of those more edited, produced pieces of video content, very similar to what you would produce on YouTube, but we're going to make it vertical. So maybe doing like a vlog, maybe an educational series, maybe kind of doing a trailer of your new offer, your new program. That's kind of what you're going to want to aim for when it comes to Instagram
0: video. So strategically, why would I choose to do a long form video instead of something else?
1: I think sometimes you can't fit something into just a caption, just a reel, just a story. Mm -hmm. And I always like to make content creation easier. And I often find that coaches, service providers, they think of this really great idea that's like really big. Like you could break it down into like 10 pieces of content. And I think a tool like Instagram video gives you the option of like, yeah, if you really want to dive deep into a topic, you can. But if you want to make it into a tiny reel, you can. If you want to make it into a story, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Instagram video is really great for just giving a topic or a piece of content enough room to breathe. That you're not feeling like you're overstuffing your content. Because that's something we never want to do
0: with Reels or Stories. Yeah, tell me more about what that means. Overstuffing content. Yes. So that means you are putting all the tips,
1: all the insights, (laughs) all the information you have around this one content idea versus splitting it up into smaller content ideas. Mm -hmm. An example would be if I want to show how I create Instagram Reels that is a very big topic. I could talk hey. about editing. I could talk about cover photos. I could talk about how I film. I could talk about ideas. So in an Instagram video, I could share my entire process and it'd be a really rich video. I'd give examples. I'd walk through my entire workflow. But I also could make that a little bit smaller and condense in a reel. I could also make that into a story. So I think it's kind of thinking of your Instagram video ecosystem as a whole of like, I can lean into what I really like, which could just be lives. It could just be reels. It could just be stories. Or how can I take my really great ideas and my teachings and my philosophies and my coaching methods and actually distribute them across all the surfaces without having to like recreate the wheel and like constantly been thinking of new ideas when... And people consuming on Instagram, consuming a story is completely different than joining someone live and completely different than a reel that has like a trending piece of audio, but it can essentially be the same message. And I think a lot of us know when it comes to like selling your clients on your services, it sometimes just take that extra touch point on that one topic again for them to convert and become a client.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful to think of it in that way. And another benefit just for coaches in particular of Instagram video, this more long form, is that's where you can really position your expertise and create experiential marketing, right? In the same way that you talked about go live and coach someone. What does it look like? If you are a course creator you can teach in the same way that you teach inside of your course to give people that real sense of what it's like to learn from you, really learn from you rather than get these quick wins or tidbits. That's cool. Absolutely. Okay. That's so helpful. Awesome. I, it's really helpful. So I can just feel everyone listening, starting to get lit up by the idea of actually doing videos. So can we take this strategy conversation even a little bit further? As a video expert and an Instagram expert, what does a sustainable Instagram strategy look like? And this word sustainable is what's important because with any business, we're here for the long game. And I think, I know I've been hot and cold on Instagram before because sometimes in the beginning I overcommit or I don't even really think strategically about what I'm doing on the account. I'm just trying to post. So can you walk us through what a sustainable strategy might look like?
1: Absolutely. And I think it kind of echoes what we kind of talked about when it comes to people that are joining your live or anything like that. Mm -hmm. like, We really want to focus on the quality of content that we are creating and not getting wrapped up in the quantity of it, thinking we have to post more, do more pieces of content. I think when we focus on really great strategic content and what strategic content essentially means is that you're seeing a result from it. When you look at your client inquiries, when you look at who actually enrolled your courses, you can literally see, oh, when I go to my Dubsado forms, I literally see I watched an Instagram story and I was interested in a VIP day. I mean, that's what we want to look at to make sure that it really is results driven when -hmm. it comes to building your brand and your business and really building trust with those people. So we want to make sure we're creating quality content and not getting wrapped up in how much content. And with a good strategy, you don't just post a lot of great stuff and then we stop. And then let's post a lot of great stuff. And then we stop. And I'm all about really great, healthy Instagram boundaries. I take Instagram breaks very frequently. I just took one the other week. I took a whole week off. So I think intentional breaks can be really healthy and and really necessary. But I think getting to the point of burning out and not creating a strategy we can just keep up with on a regular basis, I think is where the sustainability kind of struggle comes into play. So when I'm doing this with my clients, I always like to focus on what is your bandwidth first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's different. Some people might have a job and this is a side hustle for them. Some people have kiddos and that's a whole other ring to go down. And do you have a team? Do you have a graphic designer? Do you have a VA that can help you? Do you have support outside of just yourself creating the content? I think when we consider all of those things, it can help you realistically think, oh, I can dedicate this amount of time to Instagram content, marketing, stories each week, which is where you then can get into more of a solid plan. And I know we kind of talked about all the different types of video. Of course, we have the feed. And I like to just break it down into like, you want to have a story strategy. You want to consistently be on stories, ideally daily, or at least during the weekdays or your office hours. So that's kind of the one side that I kind of consider it's a little bubble. And then we have the feed. So instead of thinking of like lives, Instagram video reels, feed carousels, instead of thinking them all separately, I think of them under the same feed umbrella. So if you're posting posting three times a week on the feed, all three of those can be reels two of those can be reels and one can be a live. That's turning into a replay. One can be a carousel. One can be a reel. One can be a live. So instead of saying, I want to do five reels and then three lives, and then that that Mm. just feels really confusing and overwhelming for everyone. Just figure out, okay, I'm doing this on stories. I can do three, five, four, whatever times a week on the feed. And I feel like by really being honest with ourselves on how much content we can create for those many days, it makes when you sit down for creating content, I think not Enough people actually know, like, how many reels am I actually creating? Because we don't know, like, what our posting plan is. So that's yes. the foundational thing of a sustainable strategy.
0: Got it. I love that the starting point is, like, what can I do instead of what should I do? Yes. Right. So, really looking at your bandwidth and the support, because I think what I hear you saying is intentional breaks are great. And consistency is what's going to carry us rather than quantity. So looking at that and then just thinking about the feed instead of ticking all of the boxes for all of the different kind of content and giving ourselves a headache before we've even begun is really helpful.
1: Definitely. And I think as coaches, you want to lean into your strengths because every coach, every educator, every marketer, which essentially is what you're doing for your business, is different. Some people talking on lives like you could go on a live go on a coaching call and just talk for an hour easy that's so easy for you but editing a video would take you literally 2 hours like would take you at least 2 hours so choose like leaning into live video when you wouldn't have to edit and you right. can lean into your strengths is actually also what creates a sustainable strategy like for example if you tell me to design a bunch of carousels it will take me at least a few hours each like car ourselves, take me. Forever, It's just not my zone of genius. You give me a bunch of reels, trending audios, I can whip those out in like a few minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think not enough times do we consider not only what are our strengths, but like what do we actually enjoy, which is different than what we talked about earlier of like what am I afraid of and what have I not practiced and that's why I'm not good at it versus like this is just not my strength and I need to actually lean into my strength. I know like caption writing is a big one for people. They're like, I cannot write captions. Like I I over or think it. I don't know if they should be long, short. I'm just not a wordy person. I don't like writing. Okay. Then like, let's just do short, sweet captions and lean into stories and do reels where they kind of give the full type of content and just them
0: watching the really snappy reel. Yeah. That's great. This reminds me of what you talked about earlier about if you lead with your fear... So you gave the example of you assuming you had to be super professional and how if that's what you did online, the people you would attract would not be your dream clients because that's not how you show up with your clients. So the same way with content, leaning into your strengths, even if your strengths aren't, I'm using giant air quotes, everybody, like what's happening right now or what's trending By showcasing your strengths, you're going to have more joy when you're creating your Instagram content, but you're also likely to attract perfect match people because they resonate with you in your joy and in your zone of genius.
1: Absolutely, I love that you touched on that because it got me thinking of one of my clients. She's a coach, and she's really known for just like saying it how it is, having little rants, having unpopular opinions. And so, when we were building her content strategy, she's like, "Why well, I no? I need to be doing reels. Like, reels are what's hot right now." I'm like, "No, you actually don't. There's so many options. Let's have you going live because that's when you are your best when you're coaching, and let's have you like really focus on your stories and do." Doing your rants on stories so people can react and reply to them, and you can continue those conversations to the DMs, and then you can repurpose those rants into little carousel posts. I don't think feed posts are dead. I think they're actually really great. So Mm -hmm. that's how we created her content strategy. Versus thinking like, okay, this is what she needs to be doing. There's so many options, which is why I think Instagram is just such a great vessel for growing your business.
0: Yeah, completely. My big takeaway from our conversation today is lean into your strengths, let it be easy and like lean into the things you haven't had a lot of practice with. Yes. That's absolutely. so helpful. Okay. So strategy, what's my bandwidth? What are my strengths? Right. And answering those two questions, then I can create a schedule. And the goal is to stick to the schedule, which means I don't have to do the things I don't like. Everyone's Honestly. saying like, hallelujah right now. Listen to <laughs> I never have to write another 10 paragraph caption again. That's wonderful news. (laughs) So as we wrap up, I would love to make this interview is already super actionable, but if you had to pick one first step, especially around video, for a coach who now feels ready to up their Instagram video game, what is the most important first step you would recommend that they take?
1: Absolutely. So, I would take that ideal posting week, specifically for those video content that's going to be on your feed. Take whatever that is. Now you know that number, and sit down and brainstorm ideas for that number. So, if you're doing three pieces of content a week, sit down, and now you have twelve pieces of content. I was really proud that my brain did that. You just did that. (laughs) Twelve pieces of content. I did it. So 12 pieces of content. You literally know the number. So sit Mm -hmm. down. Figure like and just brainstorm. Okay, I see these trending audios on my phone. Pull out your phone, start doing some research, see what's trending, see what maybe Reels me and Dallas have created. I'm sure you can maybe use some of those for inspiration. What kind of live topics do you think would be really great? If you want to do a live, okay, every week, let's go live. Set out those topics. So kind of have fun just like truly brainstorming and taking that number you now have and putting ideas to pen and paper or to your favorite content scheduling tool or your favorite task management system. And then when you start creating, you'll literally have like a plan. Like I know exactly what I need to create and I have the idea and I can have fun with it. So that would be my biggest tip is like, after you're done listening to this, take your number, brainstorm.
0: I love that. And then I want to add one because moving forward, remember you're a coach. So if the idea of staring at a blank screen, brainstorming paralyzes you carve out time. Let's just say your coaching sessions are an hour long. Carve out 10 minutes after every session where you, on a running brainstorm document, capture what did you just talk about in that coaching session? What process did you just take a client through? What aha did they have? Your clients are literally handing you content ideas every time you talk with them. You just have to get in the habit of, capturing them so that you're never just left staring at a blank screen if you don't work that way.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that tip. And I always like to say that like content is everywhere. It's in your DMs, it's in your comment section. It's when you see industry news or industry trends and maybe you don't agree with them, or maybe you feel like there's something not talked about enough. Your clients are gold mines for these things. So absolutely, I agree. It's like just really open up what you can
0: brainstorm and Mm -hmm. and when you're doing it. So I I love that piece of advice you shared. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. You've got me convinced to spend more time in stories. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so helpful for you to break down all of the different types of Instagram video content and talk a little bit about why we might use them, but also just to give us all permission to do what we enjoy and to do what we're good at. So thank you so much, Natasha, for coming on the show today. It was great to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you wanna take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So,